and welcome to The Rotating Platform, a podcast about video games. I am one of your hosts, Mark Green, and I'm joined today by Matthew Castle. Hello. And Alan Madrill. Hello. Green, did you momentarily forget who you are and what your name is? <laughs> I almost described myself as I am your host and then remembered that there are other people on this podcast who are equally as important as me. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, so it's the first podcast of... December and knowing our rate of podcast, probably the last. <laughs> well, I, mm. I kid, I kid, because we got the, we got a Christmas episode coming up that we'll talk about at the end. I think. Um, how are you, my friends? Not bad. Um, you know, uh, I had thought that I'd be knee deep in um, some of the huge open world games that mm. there are at the moment, but I'd forgotten that every December is like the world's busiest time. Just all time evaporates in December with stuff doing things. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not sure all those open world games would actually come up to your knee if you stack them up. uh... Uh, They probably would, actually. (laughs) Just have a look around. Probably, I'd say more like like ankle at best. (laughs) Oh. I'm ankle. I'm ankle deep. That's five games. <laughs> you could make like a, a sort of a house of uh, like a house of cards, but of games. Of games. Yeah. yeah. You could do that, and then I think you could almost get up to the knee if you really worked at it quite hard. I prefer to get all the games released in December and have a kind of IKEA ball pit made out of all those games. You know, just just up to my neck. What? Well, in, uh, in with all the hard edges and stuff. Oh my god, I can't imagine anything more physically unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, Green, I don't think you should be allowed to start a children's fun world. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Get it. I the fact that the reason it's a ball pit is because balls are nice and soft and have round <laughs> edges. And you're like, hey kids, get into the cube pool. <laughs> yeah. No metal box editions, please. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's getting poked out. <laughs> I think this is actually going to be the startup that makes me my millions. This is the kind of out of the box thinking, almost literally. Well, it's, that, uh, it's in the box. People need. Though, isn't it? <laughs> it's in the boxes. Green as world of peril. <laughs> <laughs> now open for children's parties. Good. Well, so now the idea of me opening some kind of sinister funhouse is out of the way. <laughs> um. Yeah, and that was that was really all I had to say yeah. <laughs> today. That's what I wanted to Good. say. So. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, <laughs> any other business to clear up apart from that strange diversion? Should we talk about some video games? That'd be an idea. All right. Should we should we uh, jump off this platform and sail elegantly over to the next one, or slide off, slide down the slide to the next platform? Or have we got wingsuits? This must be a Just Cause Three reference. It's a Just Cause Three reference. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Per- why don't we should do these smooth transitions more often? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh, wingsuit over to the next platform right after this. We land on a platform that is piled high with game boxes. <laughs> more game boxes than usual. Um, up to our, up to my neck. Uh, up to your neck, yes. I would say <laughs> yeah. we, are, we are legitimately yes. up to our necks if we lie down. Uh, <laughs> these are a mix of of new releases, old releases, all joined by one common factor, which is that we have been playing them. Yes, it is yeah. the what have we been playing platform? Because they do, because presumably, they, yeah, they get cleared off at the end of each episode. Yeah. <clears throat> to make to make way for the next yeah. games that we've we, been playing, yeah. they just get, just like get swept off. There's like a little um, 
bulldozer that pushes everything off. Oh, that's cute. Including us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we get off this platform, then. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tiny bulldozer. That, that's how we've been doing it all these years. You know those um, seafront arcade machines with the pennies, with the platform that pushes them forwards? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got an image of one of those, <laughs> yeah. like the more games. <laughs> then the games pile up and push us off. <laughs> it's, an almost, it's an almost amount of manufacturing expense, given that we could just pick them up and, <laughs> and take them with us at the end of the podcast. Yeah, there is, there is that. But, you know, when's, when's Logic ever been this podcast's <laughs> strong seat? So. Mm. Well, quite. Um... Can I talk about what I've been playing, please? Yes, please. It would be a good time to do it, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a perfect time. It's my moment. Uh, so <laughs> even though I probably shouldn't have because I have only got 10% of the way into Fallout 4 and need to continue playing that, I could not resist and I bought Just Cause 3, which has just come out because I love Just Cause 2 so very much. And I've only played it for three hours, but I... I'm confident in saying it's my favourite game of all time. <laughs> what? Whoa. Uh, no, no, not really, not really. But it, I, in the three hours I've spent with it, in which I have not, I have done one tutorial mission and then just messed around for <laughs> two and a half hours, I have had so much fun. Uh, it's been brilliant. It is, as some online reports say, pretty bugged. Like the the, the frame rates all over the shop. Well, even on PC. It's on PC, yeah. So I mean, oh, I haven't wow, got okay. a super, I've got a super super powerful games PC, but yeah, this is the the sound is all kind of um, juddering. I think there's clearly something wrong, <clears throat> um, but uh, but still, still, I am having an awesome awesome time. Um, I have no idea what this story is going to be. I have there there is a six tabs full of perks that I haven't even touched that are no doubt going to make the game even more awesome, but. The I, it's really good to play this not knowing very much about it because I think maybe you Matthew or someone had said that you have two tethers and I was kind of like oh okay well that sounds kind of interesting but the real uh, the real sort of genius of Just Cause Three now is that you can retract so you can mm. tether two things together and then they you can pull them together and then they really pull together yeah yeah with with a lot of force and and the that was always a kind of you know when I was talking about Just Cause Two on a previous episode it was always a kind of complaint I had that you could. This is, I'm going to sound like a, a comic book villain again, but when you tether a civilian to a lamppost, you kind of hope they're going to get dragged up to the lamppost in Just Cause 2, but they just kind of hang there and the tethers snap a lot. They just sort of look at it <laughs> go, well, I guess this is my lot in life now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, I'm just one of those lamppost guys. <laughs> um, but now, yeah, you can just do so many ridiculous things. Um, Matthew, you've, you've, you were talking about playing a lot. Of- yes, yeah, I think it was interesting actually. We were we were talking about um at work that 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 just cause kind of appeals to a very particular mindset. Um and it's the green and, it's the greener mindset really. Isn't and it, it is no it, and I well I said this. I said it's like the perfect greener game because you've <laughs> always been really big on like experimenting within games and like yeah. messing with games and like not necessarily you're a bit of a maverick <laughs> uh, yeah like you don't you, you like to try and like push push the rules of games yeah. and see what you can do absolutely and i think just cause really requires you to do that you can achieve most of your goals with quite simple just like guns like you mm. can shoot most stuff if you want so it's almost like you have to make extra work for yourself for it to kind of 
reveal how clever it is. So yeah, definitely mm. when the very first mission where he gets his retracting tether, I was instantly just like, oh, you know how many? There's just like four giant uh, like like towers. Yeah, oil towers, four gigantic oil towers, and a big oil sphere or gas sphere. I don't know. Oh, a gas um, gigantic big ring round container thingy thing. Yeah, and. So you, and then you're just free to use. It doesn't tell you how to use the, the what to do. It's just like, well, blow them up anywhere you want. So I was connecting the, the jeep to one of the oil towers, and then thinking, oh, could I could I connect two towers together and then pull them towards each other? And that worked. And the explosions are enormous, and things are flying everywhere. Um, it's the greatest. Uh, and that's just one little tutorial mission. Um, just the the possibilities are endless. I've seen people construct. This is probably going to give you some ideas, Greener. But if you, you can like fire people off, um, oh. make like a catapult. Oh, absolutely, I was playing. So this is what I was doing last night. I was playing a little game with the innocent pedestrians. I was standing at the top of one of the buildings, and yeah, you you connect one end to a, a person on the ground. You get the other end on the very top corner of the highest building you retract and it retracts really fast which is really satisfying and then and this is the, this is a genius of just cause 3 is is actually it's the combination of the retracting and the and the erasing the tether at the right moment so just as they are being pulled and they just get to the corner of the building at maximum speed then you let then you delete the tether and then they go flying <laughs> catapulting literally my record is um half a kilometer off into the distance and you can watch this little flailing uh, dots just like sailing <laughs> off over the sea, o- over the mountain. It's I was in I was in tears. Uh, I was enjoying it so much. Um, I um, I connected a, a helicopter to the back of someone's car, and he just Ooh. drove off, trailing this flaming helicopter for, like, oh. for, for miles. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the helicopter to fly away and then pick up the car. That oh, it was a it, well, yeah. I haven't connected a, a, a flying helicopter. This was a stationary oh, helicopter. Gotcha. So it's at all the the little landing uh, I don't know gear. I guess you call it on a helicopter. Was just scraping along the road, which was brilliant. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? Oh, if you connected a, 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 a tourist to a parked car and then get in the car and try to drive the car. The tourist will pull you. You can't actually pull the, pull the pedestrian. Wow. He's so strong. He's running. He's trying to run away, and he's pulling you. And then if you get out of the car, he keeps running. <laughs> he's pulling the car behind him, <laughs> and while while looking behind him and, and, and kind of screaming like, ah, <laughs> "This car's chasing me!" And eventually, he will be run over by the car because he's driving <laughs> towards him. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh my. I love Just Cause 3, and uh, I haven't even really played it. Played it you yet. should stream. I want to. If you streamed um, you playing Just Cause 3, I would watch that. I had, I had a sort of a moment where, because you can blow up some of the bridges, there are like these big. Oh, yeah. Like mm. concrete, sort of like, you know, they sort of stretch across. Yeah, you've got mines, haven't you? Yeah, so I sort of blew up, I blew up this bridge, but because the AI is a little wonky. Like the local pedestrians, none of them sort of 
acknowledged that the road didn't exist anymore, so all their driving <laughs> routines were just like continue to use it as if it was a bridge, and just this con- just succession of people just going ah off the edge of this thing, and it was oh, a really awesome. long drop, so you'd always hear that the boom was always quite far oh, away. Yeah, that's that's like you'd see them go, and then you'd hear boom in the distance. Matthew, just like an I've got news for you. It mm. also works for trains. Ooh. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I need to see. I think, yeah, it, um, it, this is it. I think it's a great game to check out on YouTube or Twitch because it's just going to be full of dumb stuff like that. Yeah, and it, and you know the the beauty of it is that they haven't when you it's like when you tether a pedestrian and a car together and and, and then you retract fully, you know all the physics <laughs> kind of breaks and the pedestrian ends up kind of stuck inside the kind of radiator grill of the car, and the car is trying to, like... I don't know whether it's trying to shake them off or it's trying to dodge what it thinks is a pedestrian in front of them. Um, so it doesn't work, but it does work, and that's, like, mm. that's the beauty of it. It's just yeah. a, a load of crazy nonsense happening. Um, oh, yeah, so much good stuff. And I'm sure, like, Just Cause 2, you know, I'm prepared for the fact that the game itself will probably be quite repetitive, um, but mm. I, think... I remember the previous game. The the missions were so uninspired. Yeah, it was the same thing over and over and over again. So, like Matthew says, you you get out what you put in. You see, I don't think I am one of those people. You know, I've enjoyed what I've played of it, but like I've been playing it. You know, I've been doing what you know the missions. I've been yeah. doing the kind of clearing out the sort of settlements and whatever. Yeah, but it's just it's always the same routine over and over again. Yeah. Um, just cause, to, just cause two was too big to drive around. I remember that much. Oh yeah, like going huge. up a mountain and it just taking forever to get there. It's true. You, there are downsides to the to the size of the thing, but I think there's a lot of upsides as well. Some of those bridges Matthew's talking about, they're so big, you know, and they're crossing these, you know, there's, there's mountains mm. either side, and it's just the explosions are immense as well. They are good. They are incredible. Um, yeah. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. One thing I was going to say is that the when I did when uh, I was very early on, and the tutorial was showing me to how to um, set a checkpoint. It said like, "Oh, move your cursor over the first town, which is it's called Menea or something," and set a checkpoint. And then I set a checkpoint, and it said, "Great work." And I was like, you know what? Thank you. And I, I'd, I'd like more. I'd like more of this in my life. You know, people acknowledging what a good job I'm doing, even for the really simple stuff. <laughs> you know, more of this. Don't please. you find it condescending? Uh, no, I took it entirely. Oh, great work! <laughs> no, I took it entirely at its face value. I was like, thanks very much, and it encouraged me to experiment with more complicated things like walking forwards <laughs> and getting in a car. Uh, so that was that was the first time it bugged out for me was during that tutorial where I went oh. through it, but it didn't recognize that I'd done it. So all the game was ever going, it just had this constant thing in the middle of the screen that went like, go to the map screen. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh I've, well, I've already done that. So I just started playing the rest of the game. But the whole time it just had this go to the map screen, go to the map screen. So, so Matthew, yeah, it's because you, you didn't put the right amount of effort into it. Yeah, you yeah. could tell. I, I was very insincere. Yeah, it yeah. validates waypoint. the praise that you've been given here, Greeno. You know, <laughs> yes. there's such a thing as setting a checkpoint and then setting a checkpoint, <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. It's all in the degree. I'm pleased. That just reinforces exactly what how I felt uh, about yeah. the pack So the I, I want to say, Mark, on behalf of all of us, you did do a great job. Oh, thanks really very much. Thank you. you know? 
I think it's important I, to recognise I, I, I think that's some real BS. <laughs> <laughs> that's my verdict. I'm glad you're not writing the uh, tutorial instructions for games. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well done for following my exact instructions. <laughs> so that is Just Cause 3, as described by myself. I've been exploring a different kind of open world. I've been exploring the planet of Mirror in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh, sweet. On uh, Yeah, on the Wii, the Wii U. I love Xenoblade. Yes. Yeah, this is kind of like, not the one that got away, but like in the last few years on Nintendo mags, like Xenoblade was always the thing, which was like, oh, you know, however rough it gets, Xenoblade's coming, Xenoblade's <laughs> coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I love the original Xenoblade. It's just absolutely fantastic. I'd say it's probably my favourite JRPG. Um, mm. it just the world and the, the battle system and just how accessible and fun it was. It's just a really great game, like works really, really hard to kind of keep you entertained. So, you know, I, I, I just wanted more of that, but, you know, in an even bigger, prettier world. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X isn't quite that. Um, you know, it is kind of its own beast. It's not a direct sequel as such. I mean, it's a self-contained story. Like, I, I, there doesn't seem to be any link with the first Xenoblade, apart from, like, there's a, a, a one of the alien races mm. is the same. Uh, the Nopons kind of are in it. Right. Uh, Ricky, Ricky! Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, those dudes, yeah. From Xenoblade, oh, sort of like yeah. sort of furry furry balls, yeah. sort of like squirrels meets bowling ball. Um <laughs> That's not normally a ha- that's not normally a happy union. <laughs> no, <laughs> but well, here it is. Um, here it's del- it's a delight. Um, Presumably, it's not on a giant robot's body. No, it's not. Time. No, so you're basically um, in a, in a scenario which is sure to uh, resonate with us on this podcast. Uh, the last of humanity has escaped Earth on a giant ship because <laughs> uh, aliens basically were fighting around Earth, so everyone escaped. Yeah. And um, they've crash-landed on this planet, but the, the, the ship that's crash-landed, it had the kind of, I guess, like the remnants of Los Angeles. So it's basically like a sort of a, uh, Los Angeles on a disc. They call it New Los Angeles or Neo Los Angeles. Right. Um, and... Uh, so it's like a big ship built around a city, which is quite interesting because when you get you know when you first awake in the game, you're in this huge alien landscape and it's properly mad looking. Like that, that's one of its strengths. Is you know it's a real alien world, like all these impossible rock formations and like there are loads of planets and moons you can see in the sky mm. and it looks it looks amazing. Yeah. But then when you get into the the home base ship, um, you know you expect it to be all kind of industrial and um, you know full of girders and whatever you have in ships <laughs> girders <laughs> what? I've, listen i haven't spent a huge amount of time on ships so yeah. you know what i mean like you expect it to look like something from alien or something you know you, you but and it, it is kind of like that but then you go through it and you just see this sort of like flat packed um like city which is kind of like green lawns and white picket fences it's really really it's really odd Hmm. so it's kind of got this town within it it's got like a church and it's got like a fast food diner and stuff so (laughs) it's got it's quite yeah it's got it's quite sort of fun sort of visual sort of style there yeah um but i really it's just the scale of the place it's just absolutely huge i mean xenoblade the first game was had huge areas but here you are just kind of like 
you really feel like a speck yeah. you know in this landscape and 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 you know it's all really the story and i've only played about five hours but the story seems to be you know it's about mankind trying to kind of get its first sort of foothold in this kind of completely sort of uh you know hostile environment and you mm. really do feel kind of totally insignificant in it and the alien like monsters it does that thing that xenoblade the first did where you know you see lots of little enemies but then like the highest level enemies also exist in the kind of the same areas and they just don't pick fights with you but you can see them and be like oh yeah how am i how am i yeah. ever going to be able to deal with that yeah. except this time like you aren't even as big as like some of their toenails <laughs> like, you see this huge oh. like brontosaurus thing and you hear this sound and it sounds like a like a waterfall or a rapid and you're like what the hell is that sound and then you realize it's the sound of this thing drinking from a lake <laughs> And it's this, this like sugar <laughs> kind of thing, and it's just this huge Amazing. thing, and you can like attack it, but like you just wouldn't even notice, <laughs> just not even. <laughs> yeah. You're so tiny compared to it, um, oh, and you great. see these like dragons and things in the sky, and you're just like, oh, you know, it. It's a game that sort of shows you like everything to come mm. at the same time, and and you just sort of know you're in for like yeah. just like a crazy ride. Um, and the one thing I would say is it's slightly harder edged than Xenoblade. You know, the, the the first one had um, quite a charm to it. It wasn't fantasy as such, but it was a bit more kind of like recognisable characters. It was like a warrior and your best friend and your dumb lunk of a mate. Yeah. You know, here, due to the nature of kind of that it's sort of largely a military operation that's left, everyone's quite sort of serious. Um, and you kind of go and work for the military quite early on. And uh. it's kind of got this sort of, uh, I think the big thing it's added is like a, almost like a guild system where you have to kind of almost get a job to be part of the new society. All right. And like different jobs have different roles within the world that you get like an extra bonus for doing. So you could be a guy who's just sort of an explorer and like the more new landmarks and things you find, the better rewards you get. Or you could be a guy who hunts like the biggest monsters or someone who you know i think if you draw the short straw you're the guy who has to kind of collect precious minerals which you're like <laughs> mm, uh, yeah that's all right um i i know that there's a big uh, like mech robot element but that doesn't come in for about 30 hours apparently oh, yeah, yeah so um you know i keep seeing people stomping around in these big robots and you're yeah. like, oh that looks like fun because i think you need the robots uh, basically allow you to fight the big monsters oh, so basically right. it, it basically it does a bit of a power rangers there's like a you know we're fighting henchmen on the ground but then when you're in the mech it kind of zooms out yeah, there and it becomes and, yeah now it's time to tackle these things oh, cool. so there's like a two tiers to the the kind of combat um and just like the music is just lush as hell and yeah. um Oh, uh, it's yeah. I it's like I, I know it's going to be just completely d destroy my time. It, Is everyone still English? No, it's American. Ah, oh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, I take one one of the weird things when you're creating your character. Um, so you're largely you're not a named character in this. You're just like a an amnesiac mute, pretty much. Which is a <laughs> yeah, I know it's that old chestnut, <laughs> and that's one of the disadvantages. You know, I think the characters you there were more established characters you could warm to yeah. in the first game but um they were really good in there you you have you still like shout a lot of stuff in battle mm. but it basically gives you a list of voices at the start so you can sign nine voices but it gives you a list of voice actors specifically oh mm -hmm. so so like you know them from other games they're really recognizable names oh, yeah. so, so it basically goes like oh do you want you know 
do you want to be this guy? And you're like, oh, that's that guy from Metal Gear, or that's that guy from this. Oh, so cool. it kind of, yeah. Oh, that's kind which of Which is cool. quite an uh, quite a unusual uh, sort of thing. I've not seen that before. I bet those actors must get very self-conscious and want to know how many people are picking them. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. right well, <laughs> that's the thing. So one of the, one of the voices you can have is the guy who um, is Shulk in the first Xenoblade. Ah, yeah. Which a lot of people don't, you know, had issue with because, yeah. like we say, the British accent and everything. So yeah. I was looking at that and thinking, oh, he's got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's quite fun hearing that voice again. The kind of really earnest, sort of British, quite kind of plucky thing. Yeah, and, um, yeah, like it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's quite a thing. It's. A, I'm a, really pleased because I just couldn't. I mean, this is probably my lack of imagination more than anything, but I just couldn't see what they could do after Xenoblade. As Alan says, it's just so big and the scope of it is is immense. And, um, you know, it's very kind of, it feels like a complete story um, from what yeah. I remember. And I was just like, well, what, what can they do? You know, where can they go from there? Is it going to, is it a bad idea to go back to that? Um, I, when I'm playing this, I keep thinking, you know, is this the eventual fate of the space arc? <laughs> because, like in our heads, we're like, we're going to find a new planet and just sit around playing video games. It's going to be brilliant. When in reality, it's like you have to go and work for like a mineral resource facility. <laughs> and also, we'll have played all of the games for several years, so we might want to, you know, stretch our legs a bit and, you know. Yeah, but you should see some of the monsters in this world, Alan. Okay. Like it's bad, the three it? of us, we'd be we'd be so dead. Like, but... and there's there's one guild actually. It's really fun. there's one job class in the game which is basically a like a mediator for civilians so you basically stay on board the ship and make sure like the people who live in the town are kind of happy oh yeah like you solve them their arguments and stuff and it's like that sounds like what we'd probably do really i think we'd be uniquely awful at uh sort of smoothing over (laughs) but it's the only thing that doesn't mean leaving the ship and like like there are big (laughs) monsters right outside the front door yeah, that's right. true. We'd be, we'd be doing whatever it takes to uh, to stay on the ark. You know, we are kind of fundamentally cowards, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to dispute that. Um, so that's what I've been playing, and indeed what I'm going to continue to play, probably well into Christmas, I would imagine. That's two jo- um, That's two epic games uh, so far. Yeah, it's is the year of epic games. So, Alan, have you got a, something suitably epic? Well, in the interest of bringing balance, I thought I'd do something <laughs> which is distinctly un-epic. Um, <laughs> And it's it's a game we've actually spoken about uh, on the past uh, on the podcast before, but we talked talked about it when it was in beta. It's uh, Battlefront. Oh right, the, yeah, the complete the retail the, release of that, the retail um, version. Yeah, the 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 proper thing. I hesitate to say full because there's clearly stuff that's going to be expanded. You know, it's going oh, to be yeah. added to over time. Yeah, uh, it's already trailing its own free DLC. Like, I mean, this is such a weird place to start but there's a, a bit on the menu at the moment that says um try out this this uh, new mode the battle of jakku right yeah um so you go there and you click on that and it's grayed out and it goes oh you haven't got the content yet go and get the content so i click on the link to go and get the content it says oh no it's not out yet this i'm um, we're off already but user experience matters to me a lot right mm. the, yeah, the, me too. the os the sort of basic you know the navigation 
It sounds like it sounds like you're more of an empire kind of than an allied forces kind of guy. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> That's what they're all about. Like, I like this efficient thing. There's probably it's a lot incredible. of people in me and Alan's jobs who would probably agree with you that that's what me, me and Alan yeah. are like. <laughs> the Rebel Alliance are a lot more like, you know, ah, let's sort of bodge it together and we'll be fine. Mm. Uh, so I'm really enjoying it, though, uh, despite that weird little menu thing, which is the, the, the strangest uh, little bit in it. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot, despite the following given facts that you should know about me and my habits in games. Wait, are these true true facts? No, these are true, true, actual true facts. Actual true facts. Okay. Actual true facts. There are not many of them. Uh, I don't like playing online games against strangers, right? Generally, okay. it's rare that I get a big kick out of that. Uh, even more so first-person shooters. I find them just, like, stressful and um, repeatedly dying more than I kill is, like, Mm. to me, quite demoralising. And um, the anonymity of it and the sort of hateful, you know, competitive thing is just, to me, not fun. However, I I also love games uh, with story. I mean, massively, like, I'm well into single player. I'm there for the narrative none of which is in uh, Battlefront. <laughs> so, thinking, do you know what I, I hate all of it. Do you know what I'm thinking? You know sometimes at like E3 or whatever, they announce a game and then rather than just show you footage, they have that those kind of... They, they intermingle bits of early footage with the developers talking about their experience of making a game and why it's so <laughs> awesome. Just imagine Alan being in a Battlefront video and just kidding. I, I, hate, I, hate, I hate games where you play against other people. Um, I, don't, I like games with a story. Uh, I don't like dying a lot. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront, coming out now. Worst worst E3 presentation ever. <laughs> so this should this should be a game I detest, right? But I'm really enjoying it. That's the the twist. That's the twist. Um, It's a strange one. And I'm I'm trying to think about why I do get a kick out of it. I think the fact that it is, in relative terms, a a more casual first-person shooter experience, right? Yeah, I hear a lot of people saying that it... Well, maybe it's not a lot. Maybe I just read an article. But saying that it it kind of goes back to the sort of older older days of first-person shooters. Um, In the sense that... um, even your starting weapons are good, right? Mm. And you start off and you're still, you know, you're not going to be dominated by people with better equipment. Or, or they, It gives you an edge, but it doesn't give. It doesn't mean you're definitely, definitely, definitely going to win. And there's also um, the accuracy on the guns uh, works. Like, uh, if you crouch, it doesn't make you any more accurate. Mm. Superior skill... Uh, will help you, and there are definitely people who get, you know, three times more kills than deaths, right, or, or something like that. But yeah. I mean, I'm always sort of in the middle of the field, and I'm quite happy about that. Oh know? yeah, yeah, you should be because yeah, I, I I would guaranteed be at the bottom every, every single time. So yeah, but also mm. I think it gives you stuff that you want to unlock, mm. right? I've been looking forward to unlocking the jetpack. Um, oh yeah, but. Um, it's a very nice thing it does uh, with the partner mechanism. If you, you know, uh, it matches you with someone in the game and calls you, that's your partner, right? And you can spawn at their location, stuff like that. And it's just, a, I don't know, it kind of personalizes it a little bit. You kind of identify with your partner, whoever that is. Yeah. Because uh, you can spend more time with them because you can spawn on their location. Yeah. Um, unless you're 
partner relent like i'm not a sniper but i always ended up partnering with people who were snipers so i'd spawn on their loca- location and they're like miles away from the action <laughs> hated it but so i got hip to that and started using the default spawns mm. but um a, a really nice thing it does is you can um you know you choose your loadout you can mm. borrow or you can you can copy your partner's loadout even if it includes things you haven't unlocked yet oh really so, yeah, it's really nice. So it gives you a chance of, to try out for one round uh, a power up that you haven't got access to yet. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, it's good. That's a nice yeah. Touch. So I, I played a, a game of um, Cargo, uh, which is uh, essentially capture the flag type thing, right? Mm. So you're doing that, but add in a jetpack, and that makes a huge difference. You can clear the open oh, yeah. area just mm. like in one in one bound. Um, and watching people jetpack and watching people kind of move around the world in that way is just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah, yeah. watching Boba Fett fly about the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just hugely satisfying. Yeah. The sound. Oh, my God, the sound. Yeah, I was going to mention that. In the beta, it's just the sound design is phenomenal. In that it, I think it's it's got to be the best mm. game I've heard this year, hands down. Mm. It yeah. is an amazing hands, kind of game. Hands down. Oh, thanks, Mal. Save those jokes for space art. God damn it! <laughs> Don't waste them. <laughs> oh, now. it's all about that. <laughs> it it sounds. I mean, obviously, Star Wars sounds. You've got to get them right, or or it's just like it's horrible. It's totally jarring experience if you get it if you get it wrong. Um, but it gets it right in so many ways. Like, there's something very pleasurable about being inside one of those like energy shield bubble thingies from no, what is it, Phantom Menace or whatever, where there's like. And hearing blaster bolts th- sort of thump into it, uh, I spawned in a cave in Hoth. It's like beautiful blue crystal ice cave, which you'll know you'll know the one I'm talking about if you ever spawn there. Mm. And you can see like icicles um, coming down, um, and it's like beautiful blue color. And the the voices, maybe I was imagining it, but the voices in there echoed yeah. in a way that felt like I was in that place. So you think you'll still be playing it in like a year? Is it, is this going to be a long lasting? Well, this is the weird thing. I um, I know that it's going to grow and grow and grow because normally yeah. like, I'm a big trader of games. Usually, right? I'll I'll go through, I'll finish the story, I'll have my fun with it, and then back it goes to the shop, right? To to uh, so the cycle continues. I'm not somebody <laughs> who stockpiles. Uh, I don't have a huge game collection or anything like that, just because of lack of space. Well, then you're never going to get up to knee height, Alan. After... No, no, this is my problem. This is my problem. But um, I will be coming back to Battlefront, definitely, because I, I know that um, there is going to be more DLC and the world is going to ex- expand and they're going to introduce yeah, new if, modes. And you know. If you buy their ludicrous season pass, which uh, is like the price mm, of the game again, yeah. and you're like... I just think when you're... Particularly now, like when you're on, you know, it, there, there's been a transition recently to like multiplayer only retail games, mm-hmm. and the idea that now you're paying fifty pounds for just a multiplayer mode, where you used to pay fifty pounds for, you know, you tend to get a single player campaign as well, and then it's like another forty pounds for some extra maps. It's like I'm not paying ninety pounds to play a fraction of what I used to play. Well, um, that's a very very good point. Yeah. I I shopped around to buy it because um on the digital store on i think it's yeah i think i'm gonna get these these facts right but on the on ps4 on the digital store you could buy that game for 104 pounds 98 pence oh my god 
And I did not do that, my friends. No. <laughs> I'm a grown man mm. with a job, and I am not paying that much for a, a digital <laughs> for video game. For £104, I'd expect to be cast in the new Star Wars film <laughs> as like an extra bonus. Yep. And <laughs> as the lead. Incredible. <laughs> and that. So for that, you get the game, you get a few bonus things. You get like uh, an XP bonus, and you get... One of the guns and one of the grenades unlocked yeah. early, or something like that. Yeah, Amazing. real like oh, trivially you are spoiling us stuff with this crap, with this really <laughs> bloody pointless thing. Because it's like pay to win mechanism that sucks, but you also get the the ridiculously overpriced season pass. So I don't know whether I shall be um, very likely it will just kind of fade into the background, but I won't get rid of it. So it will come back into my life in about a year's time mm. when I've had a time to suss out what it's changed into. Yeah, and at that point. I'll either buy into it again, get that season pass, and just go bananas on it, or I'll, or down to the popular retailer. I shall be trotting um, <laughs> to trade it in. Oh, you said that like like Yoda. That was a nice. Touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all about the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I um, I I got to admit, I didn't really have, I didn't feel much compulsion to play it past the beta, not because I didn't like it. I, I just felt like I'd had my I'd have I'd my fill of it. I, yeah, I was originally not going to pick it up, but essentially I got peer pressured into it uh, by some chums. So mm. um, I'm glad I I'm glad I did though. Cool. Um, definitely glad I did because it's Pre- well worth it. Was it peer pressure or was it Jedi mind tricks? <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was Jedi mind tricks. Yes. This yes. this is the multiplayer online shooter you are looking for. Well, oh, it God. is weird. Space Ark is going to be a barren wasteland at this rate. Save it all. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, it's Greener. It's going to be a, a, a veritable Tatooine. <laughs> Don't worry, Greener. The Force is strong with this joke. Oh, no. No. Oh, I've done another one. <laughs> Stop making Star Wars jokes. Well, those are just a fraction of the video games available available to you at this very busy time. Absolutely. Um, and a fraction of the games we've been playing, probably. Well, yeah, yeah that is also you know, true. If you'd like to hear us talk about all the games we've been playing, uh, you can buy our season pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time to power up the bulldozer and mm-hmm. see ourselves pushed to the next platform. <laughs> so Against our will. Greener, Alan, assuming the position... Uh, readers or listeners uh, will be back after this so just as the what we've been playing platform uh, what we were knee deep in games on this platform we're knee deep in names Predict- oh. <laughs> whatever that means predicto names because this is the predicto names platform where we use the text prediction function of modern day smartphones to create game names i feel i've summarized that very well actually this time and then we try and we try and work out what those games might be yes and really what we're hoping for through all this is to stumble on a real triple a blockbuster that will get us off this damn platform and, and into the big time we're looking for pot boilers right what does that mean well uh you know um a thing that you do that is maybe not your ultimate artistic statement, but is like is just a good money maker. That's a pot right. boiler. I see. So this is what we're looking for, like mainstream success here. Yeah. So we're looking for pots to be boiled. Yeah. 
So this episode is going to... We, we like to hang the uh, our Predicto names off the end of a real-life game franchise, and this time it's going to be Uncharted, um, the the that series of games. With all off the, off running the and shooting and that in. Yes. The running, the shooting, the jumping, and the charm. Mm. Yeah. And the and the rakish wit. So let's see what let's see what Nathan Drake's gonna be getting up to uh in our particular name games. Uncharted Christian Classics. <laughs> well no, that's that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's exactly he's, he's what he's collecting artifacts. So he's, he's trying to get some of the Christian classics. Yeah, you know the <laughs> the, the Turin Shroud. Yeah, yeah the, Holy the Holy Grail, Grail. all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've never described them. I've never heard them described in doctrine as Christian classics. But <laughs> that's what they yeah. are. Well, Fair that's a, that's how that's how rakish Drake would describe them. Yeah. Yes, he's that's like, true. Hey guys, let's get some of them Christian classics. Yeah. Like the Bible, that's an absolute... That was a blockbuster. <laughs> it's a potboiler. <laughs> a smash hit, yeah. Smash hit. <laughs> Imagine that printed in quotes on the front. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> the smash hit. Oh, yeah. I've, the heard, smash I've hit heard a lot you... about this thing. You've, uh, you enjoyed the Old Testament. Now check out the New Testament. You, you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> Uncharted Judith Nakedly. Could that just be like a new a new enemy that he is, he's up against? A rival <laughs> treasure hunter? Or just that's her whole name? A Judith Nakedly. Oh that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's just like a con- a source of just constant humour because there's like confusion over her surname. Oh yeah, there'd be some great Nathan banter around. Oh exactly. That. Yeah, he'd 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 be all over that. Oh I'm getting boring crap. Not that's not the words I got. <laughs> Uncharted five, boring crap. Is that with a comma, boring and crap, or just boring crap? How about um, Uncharted weary stepsister? <laughs> Again, that's another. That's when they've introduced. They've 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 run out because they introduce his brother in the new game. <laughs> yeah. That's where they're just like, they're really out of characters. <laughs> yeah. He has to bring in people who just aren't interested in treasure hunting or mysteries at all. Well, that's because that's he's like, he came to like sleep on her couch for a few days, but he's been there for ages. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's got all those like cursed artifacts in there and she's just like, Nathan, you've just got to, please, just, just get rid of all this yeah. stuff. Get rid of this dusty junk. She has to leave him like a passive aggressive note because she can't confront him directly. Yeah. Um, Magnetic letters on the fridge. <laughs> I got f- uh, Uncharted 5, 10 nutcrackers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably like his, probably his least exciting <laughs> treasure haul ever. <laughs> I'm imagine, yeah, what could you do with 10 nutcrackers though? <laughs> I don't know. It certainly game. is. It certainly is easiest challenge. Where right? yeah, he just he just goes to a, has to go find him in a kitchen shop, basically. <laughs> like... <Yeah>. Uncharted Five, unshakable nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, people called him Drakey at school. No, people called him uh, Quack Quack at school, and, and he he's just on a, can't yeah. get rid of it. So he's on a quest to ki- he's on a quest to kill everyone who knows his uh, nickname. <laughs> quack quack. Yeah, because his name's Drake. Oh, yeah. oh right, yes, yes. I've got uh, Uncharted Five 
What's HDTV? <laughs> <laughs> that is the weakest uh, edutainment <laughs> software I have ever seen. It's marketing, a disgraceful piece of marketing on Sony's part. <laughs> yeah, so Drake. Here's Nathan Drake to tell you what HDTV is. <laughs> Why you need a 4K TV in your life that bends around and is 3D. That's fantastic. <laughs> I can just imagine that kind of terrible infomercial look to it. <laughs> the idea that Sony would stoop that low to have Nathan Drake peddling HDTVs is brilliant. It's good, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> when I'm discovering tombs and, uh, you know, being a knockoff <laughs> Lara Croft, I like to do it in the highest quality possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh. Uncharted 5, Crushable Children. Oh, oh come on. What? <laughs> That's not cool. I don't want to see Nathan Drake experimenting on the crushability of, uh, of young <laughs> or, folk. Or, or, or of any age of person, really. <laughs> oh, Nathan. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I have a feeling this is in the same series as uh, What's HDTV. Uncharted 5 research CDs. <laughs> There's a pattern, a pattern for me. <laughs> he's really fallen. He really needs that money. He's, he's, his wife's divorced him. Uh, he's got well, that's the... why he's staying on his stepsister's couch. We've <laughs> <laughs> got Uncharted 5. Furry effigy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. That sounds like a thing. Yeah, it's. It, I, I. I mean, I haven't played Uncharted that much, but I presume there are monkey statues that he's collected at some point. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's got to be. So yeah, they've just made it more realistic and collectible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> They're like Beanie Babies. Well, I think we've plotted out the. Um, Full history of the Uncharted franchise there. <laughs> yeah, I like was... how he went from sort of heroic <laughs> yeah. adventurer to sort of down and out bum, staying with his stepsister, researching CDs. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it really went wrong for that guy. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Um, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so. I think that's all. I think we're all out of predicto names. So let's. Uh, I predict that we'll be getting off this platform now. It's not looking very far into the future. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on another platform very shortly after this. It is the year 3000. Apocalyptic disaster has struck in what has become known as the event. Millions are dead or dying in the molten lava of a collapsing planet. The one beacon of hope, the Space Ark, constructed to protect humanity's best people and greatest works, and carry them safely to a new home beyond the stars. Racing against time, the Space Ark Games Committee convenes to decide which video games will be preserved for future generations, and which will be lost forever to the fire. A long time in the future, in a galaxy not very far away at all because it's Earth.
It's the space arc. Hey. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> oh, that was that was pained. That was not good. <laughs> like, like the camera pans across an enormous spaceship from the underside, and uh-huh. it's full of three idiots looking after which video games are going to be <laughs> yeah. uh, preserved for future. There you go. Yes. How about that? That's tying it in a bit. More. It's basically like if Star Wars opened and there were three C three POs. That's bas- that's basically the vibe we're going for. Three bumbling <laughs> yeah. British idiots. Yes, yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, so it's Star Wars games um, this time around, uh, which I've been itching to do for a while. More good games than bad, I suggest. More good Star yeah. Wars games than bad. It's interesting. There are a hell of a lot of games that aren't actually about the movies, you know? It is a bit um, weird. You don't get to do the stuff from the movie. I, I, mm. I hardly Which any. is why Battlefront is, is I guess, so uh, so exciting for everyone. That it, that... Yeah, well, there have been games in the real environments. There have been a, a few of those, but they've not been like following the actual events of, like, you know, people running around the Death Star trying to blow it up and all that sort of stuff. Running That's around? What? Created. You mean flying around? Did it, did you get well, to no, but they're, 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 sorry, no, they're not trying to blow it up, are they? What happens in Star Wars? I don't know. Never seen it. Um, <laughs> Go on. But, well, but, uh, but it depends. Which Star Wars are you talking about? Because episodes three, four, you know, four, five, and six... But you've got to remember that there were eventually 50 Star Wars films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Death Star came back twice. So there was yes. that one where they ran around on board. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then there was one where they went on, where they all went on vacation. That didn't work so well. You know? Yeah, no. yeah. yeah. They, they screwed up that franchise good and proper. <laughs> do, you, do you remember it got, it got so bad that when they bought back Jar Jar Binks, everyone was like, yeah! Oh, back to the good old days. The yeah. good old days. Yeah, it got so bad. They, um, what was it? Around about uh, twenty twenty three, they asked George Lucas to direct another Star Wars. Film. <laughs> That's some satire right there. You see, because he made some bad Star Wars films. He did. So, well, he, to be fair, he did make some good ones as well. So you know. I think it was when Vin Diesel became uh, uh, an actor in a Star Wars. Well, when he got... played R two D two, I thought it was a stretch. <laughs> well, it, it was a tie between when he played R two D two and when he played every planet in the film. <laughs> in the that was that was weird. <laughs> but... And when they brought Jimmy Smith back, that was weird too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right, let's see what we got from. Should we see what we got from the uh, from our listeners? What their favorite Star Wars. Films, he almost says. Games. Yeah, I'm oh. going to be doing that interchangeably now for the next half hour. All right, I'll I'll start us off with one. Episode one, racer, the pod racing thingy. Oh yeah. Alex Castle says episode one, pod racer on the N64, a movie tie-in that was better than the movie. I feel this Alex Castle is is a a twenty a twenty first century relative of yours, Matthew. Yes, yes. Uh, hearing his name brings back painful <laughs> memories of of when he melted horrendously in front of my eyes. Oh. Um, but th- th- what can I say? There was only space for one in the lifeboat. Um, I have a feeling this is very much. Was it very much like the scene at the end of uh, episode three? I thought it was the end of Titanic, where, you know, Alex was slipping away. No, I was going to say that Matthew basically chopped Alex's limbs off to make sure that he wouldn't be able to get in the ark. That's more where where I was going. Uh, Yes, this is my my brother. Um, (laughs) Episode one, Podracer. 
all I really remember about it was uh, trying to, me and my brother were trying to convince one another that uh, that our mum wanted it for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst thing I've heard all day. <laughs> you are a disgraceful human being. I think being. she hu- think she humoured us once by we were in like a shop and she was like, "Oh, that looks good," because you know she was trying to show an interest in things we were interested in, and then I think we legitimately used that as a. Do you think we could get this for Mother's Day and that would be all right? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. It's awful. Yes. Well, we, we didn't. It's, it's we didn't awful. incidentally buy it. So. <laughs> no. Okay. Good. 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 Uh, it's awful. A bit like that game is. I'm just going to put uh, that out there. Uh, actually, no. I, I'm doing it a disservice. It's. I think it's all right. Actually, yeah, and it I think it's probably. Right. It, it is. is t- it is tainted by, you know, episode one. You know, the, the the feelings about episode one, the film. It's tainted also by that. By the fact that that sequence in episode one kind of felt like it had been developed almost to make to let this game exist, um, but it was kind of an exciting little racing game actually. Like there are so many Star Wars games. There were t- because there was that there was that Mario Kart Star Wars race as well, Bombad races. Oh God, yeah. And that is what not to call a game. Anything that involves bad <laughs> is not mm, well, really or, not. Or Bombad. Bombad. Bombads were the like the eighteenth collectible from uh, Star Fox Adventures. Oh, that's Bombads. Oh, Bombads. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found this quite exciting. I think it, it, you know, racing through the caverns and the tracks were really sort of. I seem to remember the tracks would be very varied. Like you'd be racing through a cavern, then it'd be open ground, based on the scene from the film, I guess. That's yeah. the first track. But I don't know. It was all right. It was okay. The sense of speed was there, but I yeah. suppose there wasn't much by way of like environmental threats, really. You know, there wasn't like it was just mostly about going as fast as possible, rather than sort of. I'm going to put this one in the arc. I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put in an episode one related game. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing it. Uh, well, so, okay, so it, it lies with us then, Matthew, to uh, ratify this <laughs> to, decision. To stop, to stop me. To stop this <laughs> madness before it continues any further. I, I'm, I'm going to say no um, on the basis that we're all sort of sat there going, eh, it's all right. It was a game I, that I can remember. I remember playing it a bit and thinking, yeah. Do you not? Do you not think we owe it to the memory, the sweet memory of Matthew, Matthew's brother, to <laughs> you know pay tribute to him with a nomination for his favorite, clearly his favorite, and and their mum's favorite game, <laughs> episode, episode one racer. I think it might be just. Too, I think it might be too painful to have this on the arc because it just. <laughs> oh. I have too many painful memories. Yeah, um, and it's dump. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, the problem is we ha- we did we played it loads. We did get it eventually, but I just can't remember a single thing about it. I think it had some kind of boosting mechanic where you could overheat. Yeah. It was like a yes, right. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit oh, of a that was frustrating. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. And you could upgrade. Can you upgrade your? Yeah, you could upgrade. Yeah. Stuff? Oh, to what? Sebulba. He was Sebulba difficult was, to beat. He was very difficult to beat. You're right. Which is kind of as it should be. He was. He was. He's up there with Whizpig. Uh, as racing, <laughs> racing bastards. <laughs> no, it's, probably, it's, a, it's a no from me. There it goes, sinking into the lava. And and with it, uh, the final memories of my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Alex. <Aww. laughs> Bye.
Good. It's a real light-hearted section, uh, Space Dogs. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Well, this is it. This is but this is what Star Wars about. It's melodramatic. It's mm. families throwing each other into lava and then coming back for vicious revenge. <laughs> That's true. So this is a nomination from Tree Orbs. I never heard pronounce this. Tree Orbs, uh, and it's well. Listen to this tweet. For the love of God, does Lego Star Wars count? Does Lego Star Wars count? Yes, Lego Star Wars counts. <laughs> it's, it's like a Star one, Wars game. It's one of the best Lego games, if not the best Lego. Uh, yeah. the, one of the best Star Wars games. And probably one of the best Lego games as well, I think. All combined one, up. Into one of the one, better ones. Package. Yeah. Don't mind you, so, which yeah. one are we talking about here? Because there are we're, many. Yeah, we're talking about the first one. So I, I believe, um, and, and this is my nomination as well, um, the Lego games have never quite recaptured the magic of that first Lego Star Wars game. Um, I really like the Harry Potter Lego games. They're also among my favourites, but I'll never, uh, you know, I'll always treasure that, you know, the they sort of, they kind of came from nowhere from what I remember. I mean, we knew that they, you heard the news that there was going to be Lego Star Wars games. You were like, oh, fair enough. Interesting. Probably going to be for kids. Probably not going to be very, very interesting. And then just over time with preview screenshots and, and hands-on stuff, I guess, People just started getting really, really excited about it. Um, and you do have to be a very talented developer to be taking a movie and split it up into chunks um, that all work in the context of something that isn't really related to the way the films work at all. Mm. You know, it's it's like, um, I think the original trilogy games did it slightly better than the prequel trilogy games. Mm. But... Um, uh, and some of the vehicle sections were a bit ropey, as I remember. But uh, yeah, it's just impressive how they how they pick the right scenes and they pick the right moments. So you've still yeah. you, you, you're playing a good game, but you're also getting all the little touch points that you want. I think Traveller's Tales stuff is always best when they are working with something really iconic to riff off. Yeah, which I think the original trilogy games probably better than the prequel trilogy because. Yeah. Like because there's just a lot more recognisable stuff in it, and yeah, the only I think the only thing they got wrong that they fixed in later Lego games was the um, combat. It was just a early on you couldn't you you you'd, I think I mentioned this on previous episodes, but while you were building something, if something attacked you, it would stop you building it, and there was always just things coming at you all the time. Um, yeah, and I found that really frustrating. But um, this is for my money the best, the best. Star Wars game, the most uh, and the most appropriately loving tribute to Star Wars. Yeah, I think video game I, I don't be. agree. Apart from maybe, but I agree. It's a very good game. It's it's uh, yeah for all those reasons you describe. I don't think it's the best at evoking the world of Star Wars because it's doing a sort of loving tribute, as you say. But mm. uh, I you know it's a great game, and I'm very happy for it to go in because it's awesome, and you know it just shows what that world has inspired, you know? Uh, yeah, no, it's been hugely influential. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have said the the Lego movie probably wouldn't have existed without Lego, without Lego video yeah. games. I think it's contributed to what Lego is. So, yeah. who's vo- so who's voting yes? Me is voting yes. Oh, did you do a little Jar Jar Binks? Me uh, <laughs> <laughs> vote yes. No, not, not intentionally. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I do not. I do not want to be compared to uh, that travesty. Yeah, you are very much the Jar Jar Binks of the rotating <laughs> oh, platform. God 
Damn it, it was Chris Barry two episodes ago. This is, <laughs> hurts. This really hurts. Um, who, else is, uh, who else is voting yes then? Alan, you are. Uh, all right, there's only one thing I'd say about that. Hang on, let me see. I've been practising this. This is the game you're looking for. <laughs> Very nice. Does that work? Uh, yes, also from me. It's in. Great. Good game. Good quality game in there. Okay, so next up we have someone who has voted for Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike. Uh, this is Tolf Stukesbury, uh-huh. which is an excellent name. It's an amazing name. Sounds like a Star Wars name. Actually, a funny quick thing about Star Wars names. Uh, we had this stupid joke on um, Endgamer where we were talking about dumb Star Wars names and uh, Kitsy made up a Star Wars character called Jin Rod Dong Max. <laughs> and we always used to put references in it. Like we interviewed, we interviewed this guy and he was making a Star Wars game and he, we were like, oh, what Star Wars characters are going to be in it? And we we give, we were like giving him different names, and we threw in Jinrod Dongmax to see if he noticed. And he was he was like, "Oh yes, all your favourites will be there." <laughs> to this day, I always think of like whenever I think Star Wars, I always think Jinrod Dongmax. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to this. Back um, to Tolf. Uh, he writes, "Greeting, men of the Ark. It's Star Wars, right?" Yes. Um, <laughs> let me offer you Star Wars Rebel Strike, a.k.a. Rogue Squadron 3, on GameCube. Uh, the Rogue Squadron games were ace, uh, and this one's the best after Chapter 1, as Luke and Wedge take different paths. Oh, uh, yeah. Luke's sticking more to the plot of the original films, while Wedge uh, takes on a new story. The action's arcade-like and great. Uh, the walkers and the new speed of bikes bring a welcome element to the tried-and-tested formula. Yeah, so I think... I wonder whether we should consider the series as a whole. Mm. Um, I'm also considering the series because Scott Varnum's nominated Rogue, the original Rogue Squadron, fantastic aerial simulator, lots of neat touches from the films, and lots of replayability. Um, I was going to say, just so I got this clear, Rebel Strike was the. There was one on N64. Rogue Leader was the second one, which is the GameCube launch the title. F- the GameCube launch mm, one, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah. See, I was going to. So, my personal pick is Rogue Leader, the second one. The second one, yeah, which yeah. was. How did that thing looked amazing when oh, we were coming it was up to the, the Death Star of... level at the start? Like the lighting, like the way every laser blast hmm. had yeah. like its own light reflecting off the surface of the Death Star. I just, yeah. I remember like buying a GameCube, and that was the thing, which was like, you have made the right decision. Nothing looks this good. Like, uh, incredible. But. I always feel gameplay wise, these games are a little bit weak. I, you see, I would not to not to sort of rain on uh, Tolf's parade, but I, I, the third one I had real problems with because mm. it it decided to add like on foot bits. Oh yeah, and the problem is, it was an on foot character that had the same, basically the same control scheme as a spaceship, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is inherently duff. Uh, <laughs> Like yeah. it, it, you had to sort of like strafe it, but like steer him. And it, oh, it was just terrible! <laughs> it was terrible. And the the speed, the the land speeder. Oh, the speeder bikes. Oh my god! It was like a. It almost reminds me of that that tunnel bit from Battletoads, where you're just going so fast and you just explode if you oh, touched yeah. anything. 
it yeah, was yeah. I in it was kind of total arse. Mm. Oh, um, the, the new the speeder bikes in Battlefront are are uh, a nightmare to steer as well. I I'm beginning to it. think that maybe it's just the design of the speeder bike. It's an inherently flawed vehicle. I know. I, it's more about. I guess it's kind of for me. I think what what Rogue Leader did is kind of very similar to the new Battlefront in that it is just so spot on with sound yeah. and visuals. It's a like play the Death Star trench run. And it just in your mind it is exactly one hundred percent how it is Death, in films. Uh, yeah, the the Death Star bit's brilliant. Yeah, they really put some real love into the into that yeah. series. And, and they were know... like I mean uh not were they, Factor Five. Is that Factor Five, yeah. Yeah, I mean they did like technology wise, they were just like in a in another place entirely. Like so yeah, we shouldn't we don't normally consider a whole series, but I think given the various nominations we've had, we should just Mm. Put them together. I, I can I uh, bring balance to the force as a, as a little sort of Star Wars reference for you there. Uh, um, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna confess to having always had a deep seated resentment of this series. Oh, yeah, and here's why: because uh, a few years ago, or a few years prior to to when uh, the first game came out. I had played and loved hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of X-Wing, TIE Fighter, and uh, I didn't play so much X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, but um, particularly those first two games Mm. on PC in, when was it, late 90s. And those games are amazing. And uh, uh, not many people seem to have played them, weirdly. I think the UK wasn't a kind of... There weren't as many people who had PCs to game on as yeah. Uh, at that point, that's true. PC gaming at that point was still a super niche thing. We we had a computer that could play it, and oh my god, they were amazing! It was the, to my mind, the best um, to this day, the best uh, evocation of flying a starfighter in the Star Wars world, right? Uh-huh. And you do stuff like escorting missions as well as patrolling missions as well as. Uh, you know, combat as well as bombing and all that sort of stuff, like blowing up cruisers and things like that. Those games were phenomenal. And if you're going to put in Rogue Squadron, which, you know, you may choose to do, it would be madness to me not to put in X-Wing and TIE Fighter um, and those those games as well, because they were just superior in every way. Are you nominating them? No. And they ain't going in, because no... <laughs> No one else is talking. I, I am surprised, but I think it is true. Although those games are obviously hugely fondly remembered, they just didn't have the impact in the UK that I think they had in America. Just impacted um, on the surface, you mean? <laughs> yes. That's a like. Star Wars reference. You're doing, you're doing great. <laughs> Keep I'm it doing up. Great. <laughs> um, great. Great job, kid. That was all so, shot in a million. <laughs> yeah, I think. Especially with all our Nintendo backgrounds, um, I guess Factor Five games are the first thing that comes to people's mind when they think about um, Star Wars, flight-based Star Wars games. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it saddens me that that those games aren't better known because they're phenomenal. They, I mean, I, there's a very strong case for them to be made to be made for them as the best Star Wars games that there are. They're just yeah. amazing. Just not on our podcast where they are dead, dead to us. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so are you saying no on the basis that these are 
They're not, not the best in that genre in the in the mm. Star Wars flying shooting. I think that's genre. a that's very valid kind of uh, reasoning actually. Um, mm, I haven't, so I haven't played X Wing or Tie Fighter or X Wing versus mm. Tie Fighter or whatever it's called. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes to the Factor Five games. Since the nineties, I've been hankering for a game like that mm. uh, to come back, and it hasn't. And uh, it hurts me still. <laughs> mm. Somebody make that game. Well, if you're listening, developers of the year 3000, of which there are none, uh, they've, <laughs> they've, yeah. they've all burned. Uh, Hear Alan's plea. Well, apart from FIFA still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> FIFA 3000 is oh. really something else. <laughs> So is that going? Are me and Matthew putting? Yeah, that on? I've, I, yeah, I putting rogue, rogue, the rogue. Yeah, I, 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 I'm happy for him to go in, though. I'm personally not touching Rebel Strike. <laughs> All right, it's in. Richard Burrows says, "Is there any other choice but Kotor?" Well, I presume you're saying uh, you pronounce it that way, but he means Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. It's still the best Bioware game. Just a shame it's no longer canon. Well, quite. In fact, all of these games we're talking about. Probably not canon since Disney decided that everything in the extended universe is uh, is oh, out. I don't. I mean, that's just gibberish to me. This whole idea of what is canon and what is not. Uh, what is, uh, hang on, it reminds me of uh, I think it's a Bob Dylan lyric because the prince and the princess discussed what is real and what is not. Like, can you can you stop raising the tone of this podcast? Sorry, now? sorry. All right, uh, don't worry. Is... Normal service will resume. <laughs> Get back to the the stupid Star Wars gags. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're about here. Yeah, sorry, so... I forgot. I forgot who I was at that moment. Um, um, yeah, so well, this, canon, non-canon. I don't care. It's gibberish. What does what does that even mean? It's all bloody fiction anyway. Just to... yeah, I do agree. Um, yeah. So I this is difficult for me because even though I love Mass Effect and I love Dragon Age, I haven't ever played Knights of the Old Republic, and I do hear a lot that they are magnificent, but I just don't really know anything about them, so I don't know why they're so good. It was based very much on the on the role playing game that came out around the same time, the Star Wars role playing game, like that the particular version of the Star Wars role playing game that came out around the same time, which was a D twenty version, if that means anything to you, tabletop role players. Um, and what era? What era is it set in? Where, where is it set in terms? Well, of it's set in the Old Republic, which is so it's thousands of years before the events that you see in the movies, right? So yeah. you have Jedi everywhere, right? There's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, right? Uh, and also Sith everywhere. So yeah. they're like the big the big battle is being played out essentially between the 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 Republic or the Jedi and the the Sith who want to take it out. There's a character in one of them. What's his name? J- Jolie Bindo, I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Star Wars. Name. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like kind of, you know, you have the light side and the dark side. He's, uh, a, he's grey. He's kind of in the middle. Right. And that to me was interesting. Um, but I think probably the story is the best thing about Knights yeah. of the Old Republic. Um, the and it has the original game has a twist in it, uh, which I won't spoil in case you go back and play it. Which you you can still play it. Actually, you can get it on Steam. And uh, it's got a good ro- it's got a good robot in it. Oh, it's got well, um, like it's got a couple robot, of robots, isn't he? 
HK. Yeah, yeah, the 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 robot. Oh, he's fantastic because he he refers to um, humans as meat bags. And it's very very funny, which of course you wouldn't really get if if um, if the uh, I don't know Lucas Arts had kept a really really tight control on on mm. what was uh, on how the intellectual property was being used. For some reason, like the fantasy of having force powers was mm. always amazing. Like that was the thing in games, cause it, you know. When you've seen it in the films, you've seen what they can do, and then the idea yeah. of kind of being a Sith and being able to like force choke people and shoot mm. lightning out your hands, it oh, made yeah. kind of character progression quite exciting because you know all the powers are really iconic. You know, something very few games can kind of tap into, but there you kind of when you see or oh, if you follow or you know if you level up enough, you're going to be able to do this, and you're like, oh, I've seen like Darth Vader do that. That's going to be cool. Like I want to do that. So you you play. Well, it was probably one of the first times uh, that you could make a succession of choices to be good or bad, mm. and then that would manifest in the powers that you would get access to, and also yeah. physically manifest because your face would change. You'd get more dark sidey in your face. You know. I'm in. Absolutely, Richard. It's in. Stellar choice. Yeah. Bosh. All in. It's a triple. Hey. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh God, I've really bought into the idea of the art there. I was, I was genuinely thinking, oh, I'm looking forward to playing that on the arc. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is that the arc is like is a fantasy because it just means we have like imagine all that time just to play games that we don't currently have. I know. Oh, oh, tell yeah. me about it. Yeah, my 2015 Steam backlog is up to 760 games. So the the idea of Christ. Oh, yeah. Having all that, having the infinity of time stretching out ahead of me to finally catch up is uh, a magical, a magical thought. Um, and it, I don't care that it's meant the entire extinction of the entire human race to achieve it. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> it's a fair trade. Every cloud, I've just said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about Super Star Wars on the SNES? This has been nominated by Andrew McGray, who says. Super Star Wars on the SNES. <laughs> That's concise. I'll give you that, Andrew. So, yeah, um, fair enough. Now, this has just been, well, back in 2015, this has just been re-released on modern, what was then considered a modern platform, hasn't it? Has it? I think it well, you can, you, it's a, you can get it on PlayStation 4. Mm. Oh, really? As in very recently. And Ooh. so I've not played it. I had a quick look at it. Uh and decided I'm going nowhere near it. Oh, really? It's yes. very. I think it still is very nice looking. I think it's a big selling point at the time that mm. um, it looks really good. It's two D, two D side scrolly, shooty, jumping thing. Shooty, isn't it? jumpy, yeah. bionic commando style. What I think of as bionic commando style. Yeah. Yeah. So very my main, snes my... looking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, standout memory. About this for me is what's that thing? What what's that great big sort of trapezoid thing that the little uh, Orco dudes take C three PO and R two D two into in the in episode well, a sand four? Crawler. Uh, sand crawler. Sand crawler. Yeah, there's a bit where you got to jump to the top of a sand crawler. I think you're Luke, um, and that is one of those early 90s platforming challenges that I never want to go near again. It's just like, oh, I slipped and fell, and now I've got to go all the way up to the top again. Mm -hmm. Just like in the films. <laughs> yeah. I think Lego Star Wars did almost the same thing with that uh, Sun Crawler moment. Um, 
it's it's, it's very satisfying, very smooth and slick and fast. The jumping and the and the the lightsaber uh, actions, as I remember. Um, so, but but yeah, just hard, just really hard, just just yeah. difficult. Um, but very yeah, re- very Star. It's like it's like super Star Warsy, if you like. Um, <laughs> you could say that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I got a, I got a soft spot for it. Yeah, I sort of, I'm I'm inclined to say to say yes. I I I don't want too many ninety SNES platformers in the art because there's like a hundred thousand of them, and they're mm. all basically the same thing. Um, but I think this one really put the effort in. Everything you're saying is putting me off this game. <laughs> every every single word. I'm saying thumbs up. I'm 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 saying thumbs up. You're very I'm generous. putting my I'm putting my thumbs up. Why would you say thumbs up when we have thumbs that we can physically? Well, because put up? it's a podcast. If we just like all made gestures, how would the listener ever know what went in? <laughs> yeah. Well, we could. Well, we we could try it. Should we try it? Let's try it. Okay. okay. All right. Let's ma- Super- let's make gestures to each right. other. Yeah. Super Star Wars. So it's going into the lava. <laughs> <laughs> So we hope that made for exciting listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it probably did. Maybe not as intended. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's your Star Wars pick there now? Um, I wrestled with myself over this one, but then I ended up going for <laughs> Mark. <laughs> no, I just it's just an amusing image. I'm just rolling around on the floor. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad that's what you were laughing at. Um, who, I, who I go for Dark Forces. Um, oh yeah, which uh, is you are probably... into, you're well into your PC era Star Wars games, eh? I know I am, but because some of them were just amazing, and maybe mm. it was at a certain time where I was, maybe I was very receptive to what games were doing at that point. But they were all I can think all, all, all I can think about when I think of all the games you're mentioning is very scratchy music coming out of a tiny PC speaker. You know, oh, that's, that's how I think of these these. Uh, that is, okay, that's probably the worst thing you can say about... Well, one of the worst things you could say about Dark Force is the music does sound pretty bleepy bloopy uh, yeah. if you listen back to it now. MIDI. But... It's MIDI music, basically. Yeah, it's MIDI music. Yeah, it sounds yeah. a bit like that. But on the plus side... Uh, so, it came at a point when... Um, like Doom 2 had come out, or it was about the same time as Doom 2, right? That's kind mm. of where we were technologically with games, right? So I'm like shoot, shooting stormtroopers uh, in first person with exactly the right sounds was yeah. fantastic. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't play it at the time, but when I did play it, I was disappointed that it was still the Doom thing where you couldn't look up and down. Yeah, you know, if yeah, you, yeah. the the shots would auto aim on enemies above you, um, which felt um, which feels very antiquated now. It does. Um, you're right. It does feel antiquated now if you go back and play it. Uh, and I don't no. know if I've got patience for games anymore where it's just basically a maze with four levels of locking doors. But I essentially didn't have a problem with it because the shooting was fantastic. Yeah, okay. And the evocation mm. of the world. You go into the garbage compactor, right? First thing you do is steal the Death Star plans and then you know later in the game you find yourself in the, like, the, the trash compactor thingy. And all the little details are right, you know, the little oh, that's nice. gloopy monster thing pops its eye out and you have to shoot <laughs> it and all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's a nice touch. Yeah. What do you think, Matthew? I don't know. I like I liked one of the later games in the series. I really like Jedi Knight 2. Um, 
Yeah, but you got force powers in that, didn't you? Yeah. So Jedi it's... Knight, yeah, Jedi Knight Two was nominated by Andrew Rice. Uh, that's Jedi Outcast, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I just I liked it because it had like really good lightsaber combat. Like it would switch into third person. Um, mm. I didn't play Dark Forces a little a little bit uh, before my PC time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm I must admit I'm kind of I'm not a big fan of that kind of earlier generation of first person shooters. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get in there before Greener and say no. Um, okay. So now it's on Greener. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. More pressure, more pressure. Don't worry, Mark. No, I I won't uh, be angry. I'll just be disappointed. Yeah, it's just because I because I have played it. I wish I played it at the time because I'd probably Mm. feel a lot more fondly about it. But going back and playing it without the nostalgia um, coursing through your veins is a very yeah hollow experience. I'm afraid. No, it's true. I've used the same arguments in the past, so I can totally accept it. That actually, you know, the game that I love is because I love it. Doesn't mean that everybody else, you know, doesn't mean it's necessarily important or noteworthy. Why are you saying that while you're putting your hands around my neck? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry, Al. Goodbye, Dark Forces. I think you're going to have to find some Star Wars puns to get us out on, Al. I got it. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to suffering. And the space arc leads to the end of the space arc. Because now it's the end of the space arc. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thanks, Yoda. So, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, That's that's the space arc done for another episode. uh, That's great. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that was another space arc. Mm, that was fun. More than more than any other genre, I feel like we've left a lot of very uh, a lot of much loved games just uh, out in the. I was going to say out to dry in the lava. It won't be dry. We haven't hung them out to dry. We've well, hung them out to briefly, be, get very wet. Yeah, it'll be briefly wet and then dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just rock hard. So yeah, that was a difficult kind of difficult episode in a way. So sorry if your nomination didn't make it in. So we'll tell you um, very shortly what the next genre is going to be and then you can get your nominations to us and then, you know, all will be well and we'll have preserved some fantastic games for the future. Now that's going to happen after this. So this is the end. Beautiful oh my God. <laughs> Not the end forever, but we do risk running off the end of a platform like Wiley Coyote in a Roadrunner cartoon if we continue. So, you know, like he hands, hangs in midair and Yeah, until he realises... Um, yeah, that he's in the middle yeah. of nothing. Yes, that will be us uh, unless we end the podcast right here. Um, so we've got another Space Arc genre coming up next episode. And in honour of Christmas, um, it's going to be a Christmas Space Arc. Whoa. And... Obviously, there's not a huge number of Christmassy games per se, so we're going to do Christmas moments, Christmassy moments in games. Uh, so, tell us what your favourite is—a a, a moment that gives you that festive uh, Christmassy feeling. Like, obviously, make your case for your game. Don't just say it. <laughs> yes, yeah, we need we need uh, some uh, yeah some justification. Yeah, uh, otherwise we'll be left floundering. 
on the arc trying to describe it so yeah christmas because next episode is our christmas episode so oh, it's uh, very it. appropriate so yeah make sure you join us for that because we'll be handing christmas presents to each other like last year mm. um terrible video game themed christmas presents or maybe nice ones i don't know we will see we'll also be talking about our highlights of the year of 2015 our the the best bits of our gaming year uh, so join us for that. We did it in a really stupid way last year. So uh, <laughs> it's like trying to trying to describe them in sixty seconds it just led to us all falling apart and betraying uh, how bad we are at describing games under pressure, despite having done it for a living uh, <laughs> between us for many, many, many years. Um, so yeah, join us for that. And um, yeah, we'll probably do some other Christmassy stuff. So yes. Tell us, tell us your Christmassy game for Space Arc and any other Christmas-related gaming stories you've got through the usual channels, which is um, Twitter, at Rotating Podcast, Facebook, facebook.com slash Rotating Platform. You can email us, trp at the Rotating Platform.com, or you can leave a comment on our blog, which is found at the browser URL, http colon double slash www.therotatingplatform.com uh, So yeah, bring on your Christmas, as the saying goes. <laughs> as the, uh, that well-known <laughs> phrase goes. Yeah, so and we hope you enjoyed the episode. We will see you uh, in just over a week. That's the plan. Until then, goodbye! Bye-bye! Bye.